and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer, and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice, and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Valeria. Valeria is originally from Brazil and is now working and studying in Finland. We met online for our chat and I don't think there were any odd noises or Wi-Fi interruptions, so hooray! We chatted about the privilege of learning English at school writing a thesis about non-native speakers working and learning the language in a new country, and what she feels is the difference between North America and Europe. But I started by asking Valeria to tell me a little bit about herself. I'm Valeria. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil. I have lived in different countries, um, in Canada, in the United States, in France, in Poland, Lithuania, and now Finland. All right. So from North America to Europe, a nice different worlds, completely different worlds. I'll ask you about that in a little bit. Tell me about learning English in Brazil. Does that start at an early age? Well, uh, it's been a while since I went to school, Uh, but when I I will tell you about my experience. Hmm. Uh, when we studied a foreign language, it was English only. We didn't have any other option. Learning a, a, a foreign language would be something very distant. Uh, I mean, when would we use it? You mm. know, uh, traveling abroad was something very expensive, mm. and only only rich people would do it. So it was out of reach. So uh, in our case, we would study start studying English. Uh, fifth grade I would say from fifth grade on but we would learn adjectives comparatives and and animals Uh, and I have to say that when I started studying English I was nine years old but uh, it was considered let's say a privilege I'd Uh say okay yeah it was not really accessible and maybe that's why uh, it was so important for me to be part of projects that would teach English to uh, working class or uh, lower income communities because I knew it was great sacrifice for my parents to to educate the children in good schools nowadays it's much better but uh, back back then it was it was not it, it was for a few did you like studying English knowing that it was oh, a I privilege loved it. you did what did you I like about it, it? I love uh, studying languages in general uh, one of the things that I loved about learning English was that I could watch movies and, and listen to music and understand things much better. We have to remember again how long ago it was. So we didn't have an internet. We didn't have the albums with the lyrics or or anything like that. So the first time when, when we had the chance to buy a long play with the lyrics inside, it was like Christmas in June, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it would connect me to, to a world different from my world. So I, I love the fact that it would open doors. And also one thing that I, I tell people is that I can go anywhere. I mean, mostly anywhere speaking English. So I went to Iran and there would be no possibility whatsoever to speak Persian there. It was, English was the language. 
So on your travels then, with all the international people that you have met and spoken to, do you find similar patterns of English that people make the same mistakes? Or do you find that lots of people make lots of different mistakes, but everybody understands each other? Uh, there are differences in general. Uh, for example, uh, one thing that I felt is that uh, Finnish people and Lithuanian people, they have problems with articles, I would say. Okay. You know, because they don't have it in their languages. Mm -hmm. So very often they miss one here and there, you know. Yeah. Uh, regarding accent, uh, uh, I have to say that my greatest difficulty is with some parts of England. Oh, <laughs> <You> really? <know? laughs> Northern England or, uh, I mean, working class Northern England is kind of tricky for me right. because it's a, a whole different uh, language. So but other than, than uh, other natural differences that we will find here and there, making mistakes or not, mm -hmm. we communicate. So I understand that you're a student at the moment. What are you yes. studying? <laughs> I'm studying international business management. I'm about to finish the, the program. I just need to finish my, uh, my final thesis. So then I guess there's a change from conversational English to academic English. Mm. How, how have you found that? Well, I had some understanding of academic English before I started my own thesis. Actually, I haven't started a thesis yet, but I had other reports that I had to write. But it's a it's a great leap, let's say. Uh, the structure is different, vocabulary is different. Uh, you have to be absolutely clear about what you say, no doubt allowed in, in the paragraphs, you know, like uh, no room for interpretation, let's say. Um, but paragraphs have to be very well structured and the vocabulary has to be very precise and formal. So what will your thesis be on? Well, 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 uh, we're uh, my, my joke is that we're trying to find the pink unicorn. Because oh. <laughs> the thing, yeah, I, I relate very much with my, my thesis. Uh, and uh, we just today defined the topic. Uh, and it's going to be about the how to improve employability of international students who are non-Finnish speakers or not fluent yet uh, in uh, one specific part of Finland and in one specific field. I mean, we haven't decided yet if it's going to be just in that specific region or if it's going to involve the whole Finland because it's, a, it's part of a talent boost initiative. What, what intrigues me is that there is such great need uh, of, of workforce, let's say. And we have uh, so many great talents in Finland who are not fluent in Finnish yet, mm. uh, but are absolutely successful in their fields, in their countries. I mean, the language barrier is an impediment and I think it's a great loss for everyone so that's why what we're what we're going to try and do and I hope we succeed is a combination of two things how to find ways to accelerate language acquisition or to improve uh, fluency uh, develop techniques together to, to see how it will work uh, because the group that is going to start um, is a very diverse group very interesting group uh, to say the least uh, and also, uh, we want to approach uh, companies' attitudes, because everybody knows that after you are inserted in, in your work environment, the learning curve goes way up very mm. fast. Yeah. You know? So the challenge is to get them to work. Amazing. Here's a thought. Why do you think it's English that's the common language and not French or German when you're over here in Europe? English can be considered a pretty straightforward language. Uh, 
I wouldn't say simple, but there are some very, well, simple past, for example. Mm. You know, I went, you went, everybody went, you know, whereas in, in languages like mine that come from Latin roots, it's, it's, it's a suicide <laughs> attempt every time you try, try to learn all the declinations and all the, the exceptions and all the formats. It is very challenging. But maybe because it's more mathematical, if I can say that, it's yeah. A plus B equals C. Yeah, absolutely. With some so, exceptions. Yeah, always exceptions in English. Because I always say that English is the easiest language to learn, but the hardest to perfect. Would you say that was fair? Well, my father would say that perfection is divine. Ah. So unattainable. <laughs> I don't think it's human. I don't think that I speak uh, perfect Portuguese. Okay. You know, uh, I speak good Portuguese, I would say, but uh, perfect. What is perfect? There is another fact that uh, there are so many, I mean, different English types, uh, dialects, and, and uh, it depends on your age, your geography, your social status, your level of education. And so maybe it's impossible to touch all the, the fields. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's that easy, but I don't think that it's that impossible to have great level of English. If you devote some time and effort to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really intrigued about what we said earlier that you've lived in the Americas, North and South, mm -hmm. and have lived in Europe. What would you say are the biggest differences between <laughs> these two continents? Is that too hard a question? Too big a question? No, I'm going to be very shallow. I'm going to be very, very shallow. <laughs> uh, what I usually say, the greatest difference between uh, Americas uh, and Europe is Coca-Cola size. Because uh, I use this example because, for example, for 50 cents, you can lit a gallon of Coca-Cola in, in North America. Wow. Let's say not necessarily in Brazil, but uh, in North America, it's very, very cheap. It's refill. You pay one dollar and you can drink an ocean of Coca-Cola. Right. Whereas in, in Europe, I feel that uh, you drink that 200 milliliter Coca-Cola is five euros, you know, something more modest, something more appropriate. Yeah. It doesn't have to be grandiose. Gotcha. Um, so a gallon, I was trying to think, is that four liters? I think it's three and a half. And this is three very American. Oh <laughs> it's a lot. a lot of, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of Coca-Cola. Yeah. And other, other drinks are available, yeah. Mm. All right. So with all your experience then, Valeria, what advice would you give a learner who's setting out to learn English? Uh, as Nike would say, we're not sponsored, but just do it, <laughs> you know? The thing is, one thing that I tell people is that uh, my understanding is that native speakers might be so happy that uh, we are speaking their language so that it saves them the effort to learn another one. <laughs> so I think that most people, at least my experience, is that they, they, they're not bothered by mistakes here and there. You know, my experience is that uh, they're very respectful uh, with our struggle and we don't have all the answers. We never do. So don't just do it. The closer you are to the language that you're studying, be it English or whatever, the, the better. So watch movies, listen to music. Uh, read some short, uh, don't try to read uh, Hamlet in any language that you are not familiar with, but start uh, step by step, some, read some small articles, short articles online. And, and another thing that was very interesting when the internet came up and uh, there were those chat rooms or chat possibilities, find some chat groups. There are some, I know that there are some senior groups that, uh, you know, older people, uh, they're kind of in need of some conversation, some chat, some yeah. pastime, and they might be chatting with people. So that's just do it. Be yeah, open. Lovely, yeah. What a lovely idea that you can find a, a senior friend and have yeah. a chat with them. 
it, it might sound cliche and probably is, but uh, learning a language is much more than words. It's much more than grammar, you know? And I have to say that uh, my life has been great because I had the possibility to communicate with people from very different walks of life uh, and, and very different perspectives. You know, I'm very thankful that my parents had the great financial efforts to sponsor my studies. And I was a very dedicated student oh. and I could go places and I could meet people and I could have some experiences that they are un unforgettable. Yeah, Life-changing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so wonderful that you can sort of, you know, pass it on and give back mm. to people now. So, I hope so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> As Valeria says, with thanks to Nike, just do it, get stuck in, and maybe volunteer your time and start a conversation online or on the telephone with an older person who'd like to make a new friend. So, this episode's pronunciation tip is actually a grammar tip about the use of the and a, otherwise known as definite and indefinite articles. Why do we use them? Well, we use them to identify if what we're talking about is specific, the, or one of many, a, or an. Sometimes we don't need an article at all, and this is usually when we're talking about a concept, such as space, the final frontier, or before a proper noun, the official name of something. For example, Heathrow Airport in London, not the Heathrow Airport in London. So, here are three sentences to show the difference between no article, the, and a, using the word church. Church, the church, or a church. First, church. When we talk about church with no article, we are generally talking about the concept of religion, usually a Christian religion. Try this sentence. People mostly go to church on Sundays. Next, the church. When we add the, we are now talking about a specific building where people go to celebrate their religion. Here, the speaker and the listener both understand which specific building is being identified. Try this sentence. The church in town is very pretty. Finally, a church. When we use a or an if the next word starts with a vowel, for instance, an orange or an apple, we are now talking about one of many churches. Here, it is not clear at the start whether the speaker and the listener are talking about the same building. Try this sentence. I'm looking for a church with a wide altar. Can you suggest one? Bonus sentence. Now, we change from a church to the church, so from one of many to specific, because 
The speaker has identified the building and now both the speaker and the listener know which building they're talking about. Try these sentences. There's a church next to my office. The church has a beautiful altar. So, to recap, basically, the is for something specific, a or an is for one of many, and no article can be linked to a concept or a proper noun. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Valeria, and for her music, a huge thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlisle. Bye for now.